Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome back to the Leeds 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 podcast. Uh, we're here at Leeds Live and we're going to bring you all the latest on the Leeds United um, my name's Joe Mewis, I'm your host, I'm the Leeds United editor here at Leeds Live and I'm joined by my colleague Beren Cross. Beren, how are you doing? I'm very well, Joe, yeah, very well. Uh, sort of trying to plug through this sort of awfully quiet time in the, uh, in the calendar year when uh, everybody's away on holiday, there's no matches to play, where the World Cup hasn't even arrived to keep us busy yet, so um, there's not much happening, so we're, sort of, we're doing our best to keep people informed. Yeah, I think we're in the proper dead zone here, I think yeah. uh, a lot of people are on holiday, uh, as you say, a lot of people waiting for the World Cup to start. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think this this could actually be one of the quietest weeks we've had for a while with Leeds United, couldn't it? Yes, very much um, so. But yeah, but saying that, there is there is news happening. So we some news today, didn't we? Yeah, we, um, we, we'll run through some news shortly for you. Uh, then we'll have a look at some sort of the main storylines which we think are going to be pertinent here at, at Leeds United over the season. Um, and let's kick off with, uh, with today's big news, which is uh, the club have announced their pre-season plans. Um, we've got a list here of fixtures. Uh, I'll run through them quickly. Um, it's a, a domestic tour, well, if, if it's a tour, of course. Yeah. I think a lot of us were expecting uh, Leeds to, to go away. Um, Italy and Portugal have been rumoured, but um, I'll run you through some dates here quickly. On the 17th of July, Forest Green Rovers. Two days later, on the 19th, York City. Uh, on the 24th of July, uh, that's Oxford United. 26th of July, Geisley down the road. Uh, they're all away. Um, and then the 29th of July, which is the last scheduled game at the moment, is... Um, it's back to Ellen Road for Las Palmas, who have um, just been relegated from La Liga in Spain. There's one more potential fixture which could take place on the 21st of July. Uh, the venue and the opposition are still to be confirmed there, so hopefully we should hear more sort of, uh, in, the, in the next few days about that one. Um, but Beren, obviously it's um, an all-domestic um, yeah. slate of fixtures, which is a bit unusual. Leeds normally get away yeah. for a little bit. It's, it's quite surprising, really, because you know, with, uh, with with a club of Leeds' size, and after going all the way to Myanmar, you thought they'd have at least found their way onto mainland Europe for, for some kind of warm weather or some kind of commercial uh, venture with with a couple of foreign sides, perhaps with a week-long tour. You're led to believe that Italy was was very much in the running until the eleventh hour, but that's not happening now. So we're being told it's it's, it's because of uh, of time and money, effectively. You know, time. They've already spent a lot of time travelling after the back end of last season. They don't want to waste another two days on travelling to and from wherever it is they, they they were planning on going. And money. You know, I mean, it's um, it's easy for for people just to sort of make up these trips, but they do cost hard cash. And to send thirty odd people away. Yeah. Um, to somewhere in Europe to uh, high quality facilities with That's high it. quality opposition you can't, you can't for, to travel in, for seven you? to ten days it's um, it's not going to be cheap so you know I mean I, I don't think anybody's complained too much they're still going to get some, some matches in they're still going to work be worked very hard I think it was it was made explicitly clear to us that you know that they may not be going abroad but they are going to be flogged when they get back they're going to come back on June 25th and it's going to be double sessions for three weeks until that first game against Forest Green Rovers on July 17th so they're certainly not getting an easy ride um, I suppose you could argue it's going to be cheaper for, for, for Leeds United fans to actually go out and see the players uh, longest trip looks like it's going to be Forest Green or Oxford I haven't quite done the maths yet but <laughs> that, that's as far as they're going to go 
Uh, and of course, this, there's this big showpiece match they're hoping for on July 21st, so we don't know who it's going to be or where it's going to be, but um, they're saying if they can get the, the dots to join up, then that is going to be the showpiece, and that will, um, that will overshadow the last Palmas game, which of course stands out at the moment as the, the biggest sort of opposition, if you like, from those, uh, those domestic sides. So keep your eyes out. 21st of July looks like it, it, could, be, it could be a big game. It's a big team um, if they can get the, uh, the arrangement sorted. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's interesting, really, the, um, the decision not to go abroad. Um, you, sort, you, you wonder, because obviously Leeds went on um, a warm-weather training camp in, in, uh, in the winter under Thomas Christiansen. Um, Andrea Radrazzani, he, he did reference that in um, that sort of infamous TalkSport interview he gave earlier mm. in the season. Um, you know, he said, I've given the players everything they want. Yes. This was yeah, the one yeah, where he, in effect, right. called out a lot of players. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you wonder as well if that might have an impact on his thinking there. Yeah, quite right. I mean, it's only natural to um, to kind of join the dots, I suppose, behind the scenes and maybe speculate a little bit as to, as to what the real reasons are for not doing this. Perhaps Andrea's already spent enough money on the team going out <laughs> to Myanmar and doesn't feel they're worth the investment to go abroad again. I mean, some other people might think it's got something to do with the future Paul Heckenbottom. People will assume that because they're not going abroad, it's a bit out of the ordinary and therefore they don't want to, to possibly bring in a new manager and, and send him abroad for a, for a week or so. But um, I'd we'll counter with that, though, because um, it sounds very much like a Heckenbottom pre-season. Three weeks of double sessions, a lot of running been going on. Um, I think one of the things under Thomas Christiansen, this, this sort of fitness level, they, they weren't what they were, and that was starting yeah, to show, yeah, wasn't absolutely. it? So. Well, maybe maybe this have Heckenbottom's fingerprints over it, I yeah, think. three weeks of double sessions does very much sound like what he wanted to do. He didn't feel that there's ever been worked hard enough before he came in. I think one of the, the big problems he had when he came in was that the lack of fitness and intensity. So you're quite right, Joe. I mean, it may well be that they're doing this because it is Heckenbottom putting his foot down and saying, look, you know, let's not go away and pamper ourselves with, a, with some foreign foreign land. Let's, let's stay at Phil Parch and put the graft in and put the hard yards in and, mm. and earn this, uh, this fitness they need ahead of the new season. But yeah, so it'll be um, be quite interesting to uh, to see how they get on there. Obviously, a couple of local games which will be good, so uh, they should be sizable. Um, Leeds contingents at York and Geisley. Yes, definitely. Um, they certainly play Geisley most years. I've been there a fair few times, so really? that should be uh, that should be quite a good night out. Um, so, in terms of other news, um, I said it was quiet. There was one other bit of breaking news today, really, which was that uh, Yusuke Idaguchi, uh hasn't made the Japan squad for the World Cup. Yeah, not the biggest surprise. No, um, no it's not. His loan spell at Cultural Leonese has been pretty well documented. Uh, total failure. Total failure. He hasn't featured since February. He's played 100-odd minutes all in all. Yeah. I think one start. Uh, obviously, he went there. The plan was to um, get him used to this European culture. Absolutely, you know? yeah. He's obviously he's come from Japan. He's only 21 years old, so he's young. He is, you forget um, that, yeah. And it, just, it basically hasn't worked, you know, no, uh, on and off the pitch by the sound of it. So... He was very much in the running to be in the, in the World Cup squad. He'd really broken into yeah, the team there uh, at the end of the qualifying campaign. Scored a, scored a crucial goal in, the, in their final game against Australia. But um, it doesn't matter who you are, mm, does it, Joe? I mean, yeah. regardless of which country it is and and which player it is, if, if you've played a hundred minutes since the turn of the year, I mean, you can't possibly expect it to take to, to be taken to the most prestigious football tournament on the planet. I mean, yeah. Japan have got enough strength and depth now to look beyond players like Idaguchi if they're not playing. And I can't imagine he would have been too surprised, really. No. Nobody that's involved with the Diguchi would have been surprised by this news. No, not at all. But it does pose the question, what next? Um, obviously, is I think they've got one game left still in Spain, but he's, um, he's, still he's playing, due back. Um, I think so. I think they've got one game left, and they, um, they're just above the relegation zone, so it doesn't matter. But he's not going to play in it, no, obviously. He's been on international not. duty yeah, because he was on the standby squad. Um, but yeah, he's, he's due back then at Leeds this summer, so... I mean, I'm assuming there's only sort of there's three options they can do here. They can um, send him out on another loan. 
they can just chuck him into the uh, into the first team, see what he's got, or perhaps sort of keep him a low profile here in the under twenty threes. I think they'll they'll probably have a look at him. You know, if Leeds can pick up with you know a, a really good central midfielder, you know, and he is he is supposed to be you know he was highly rated. There is a reason Leeds signed him. Yeah. Um, just it's a matter of can he sort of overcome these cultural problems and, and, and adapt. Um, you don't see too many Japanese players no, you don't. in English football, you know, and, and perhaps this is one of the reasons why. It's just the big culture shift. Um, you know, it's, it's things like sort of routine, diet and all that. It isn't just as straightforward as moving to a foreign country and, no. and changing your body clock, really. You, you do see very, very few Far East Asian players succeeding in the UK. I think um, you've got Kee Sung Young, I think is, is how it's pronounced, at Swansea City. Mm. Um, you've got Shinji Okazaki, who's probably the biggest success story. Yeah. People like Shinji Kagawa, you know, probably one of the greatest players Japan have produced for the last mm. 10 years, went to Manchester United, simply didn't work out Just for didn't, him. Just didn't work, did it? So I think he, you know, he's he's in the same company. You know, I think back even further, do you remember Yunichi Inamoto? I who obviously went to Arsenal and just completely fell off the face of the earth. So yeah. it, it's proven that, that um, you know, whoever the player is, it is a very, very hard um, gap to bridge. So um, I think you're right, Joe. I think, I, think, I think Heckenbottom will do his due diligence and have a look at him in the summer. But I think based on what we do know already and clearly what the people's opinion is of him, you would have to think another loan spell is on the cards. I can't imagine he's going to be thrown in with the 23s. Um, I would think that they'll try and get him out and maybe sample a bit more European culture at another side. Who will go for him, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I can't see him being near the first team. Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? Um, elsewhere, um, another player who isn't going to the World Cup, mainly because his country isn't, um, but he did make his international debut, uh, Bailey Peacock-Farrell. He came on. Um, he was a half-time substitute for Northern Ireland against yeah. Panama, who, uh, of course, England are playing in the in the group stage of the World Cup. Um, came on, played forty-five minutes, kept a clean sheet, um, and it's you know uh, they've got another game against Costa Rica coming up. But it's a nice little way for for Bailey to end the season there, isn't it? He's, uh, he's had a bit of a whirlwind last three or four months, hasn't he? Yeah, one of the few success stories as we've documented since uh, since Paul Heckenbottom's come in. Made the number one shirt his own, um, and of course he, he's quickly gone from the Northern Ireland under 21s to the senior side. I think he had one call up within the 21s. He had that one appearance, and he's now already in, in, the, in the senior side. So um, I, I think it's quite right if you're if you're a goalkeeper playing regularly in the Championship, you're not going to be far away from Northern Ireland's first team. They haven't got yeah. wealth of players to choose from. So no, fair play to him. I mean, hopefully he gets a few more minutes in the, in the Costa Rica game. And kicks on from there. I mean, I think based on the Angus gun speculation, you would think that Heckenbottom is at least looking at another goalkeeper to come in and fight with Bailey. Uh, I don't think it's Bailey's going to have it all his own way when he comes back for pre-season. But you know, what else can he do? He, he, all he can do is keep working hard, playing what's in front of him, and he, and he keeps getting these accolades. Yeah, that's it. As you say, what more can he do? I think he's done everything he can. He was. Uh, we've, we've gone over it before, obviously, but yeah, you know, right. chucked in at the deep end against Wolves after he had a, an unconvincing spell at York City, and he's. Um, He's, he's done the business all that's asked of him um, you mentioned Angus Gunn there uh, let's touch on a couple of transfers yeah. um, again as we said earlier it's, it's been a really quiet week here and mm. um, very few sort of notable updates I think the problem is most people are on holiday at the moment including Paul Heckenbottom including Paul Heckenbottom and most of Leeds' transfer targets um, Angus Gunn I noticed I think he's in Florida judging by his is Instagram he? yep that's right so, yeah, I think he'd been with the England squad last week I believe he was he, tra- he trained with the England squad so obviously now he's, it's his first chance really to have a bit yeah, of holiday get so, away for the wrong season um, so not a lot really going on there um, Abel Hernandez I think has been on holiday as well 
Um, I think we understand that Leeds are still very much working on this transfer. Yes, it. Um, I mean, uh, the, the people we speak to, it, it, it does sound. Uh, I mean, for my, for in my opinion, surprisingly positive. I mean, mm. I've I've not given this one a chance from the start. You know, I've I've been of the opinion that, that clearly it's going to be nothing more than transfer talk. I mean, Leeds may well be interested and they may well have put an offer forward, but I can't believe that they can compete with the offer that that, 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 that he would want. Uh, the level of football that he would want. I mean, when you look at his record in the Championship, he doesn't want to be spending another two of the next four years in the Championship as he did with Hull. He's very much a top-level player, whether mm-hmm. it's here or abroad. So I, I never really gave this one much of a chance. But you know, you, the more and more you speak to people this week, it does sound like Leeds are very much in the running here. Um, yeah. Aston Villa obviously didn't go up. That was the the huge development that I would say big. this week. That was I mean, that's very that, big that really, for this. That really puts them on the back foot because we've we've heard it's it's been well documented both from Tony Gia, the Aston Villa owner, and Steve Bruce, the manager, that they are tightening their belts, mm. much like quite a few teams in the Championship. And um, you would wonder whether they've now pulled out of their interest with Hernandez. You you can only speculate. We don't hear everything about other clubs, but um, all we do know is that is that Leeds are very much in the running, and that the, the, that Hernandez and his team are very very interested in what Leeds are saying. And it does sound like they are putting forward an offer which is which is turning their head. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, and I think another another thing in Leeds' favour, their Wolves um, look like they're going to pull, pull the trigger on their option to yes. sign um, Benica Fobi. Yeah. So again, that's like another player out of the running. Of course, so, yeah, yeah. Um, if, if Leeds, you know, can put this financial offer there, then it's it's you know it's well, it's credit to them, isn't yeah. it? I mean, it, it's it, we've we, we, you know, we we've heard noises, and when you look at the, the type of transfer targets they're looking at, clearly they're breaking with this wage structure, this this well well known fifteen thousand pounds a week limit. Clearly, that's being thrown well out the window with, yeah. with the players they're looking at. So. Fair play. I mean, Andre Radrazani, it's well documented how keen he is to make it into the Premier League and um, he wants that promotion as soon as he can um, while spending uh, frugally, I think is probably the right way of putting it. And it, clearly he thinks that he can afford what Hernandez is offering. So, you know, fair play to him. You know, if they can land somebody of his calibre, that's a huge statement. One of the, I mean, you've, you've followed Leeds closer than I have over the last few years, Joe, but I mean, I'd say that's one of the, the bigger signings of the past five years or so. Absolutely, yeah. Um, look at his pedigree. In terms of the big names, and obviously he wouldn't command a transfer for because he's a free agent, but, of course, um, yeah. you know, in terms of the wages that it would cost, yeah, he's, he's, he's going to blow sort of all the signings of the last few years out of the water there if, if, it, if they manage to pull this one off. So it's, um, I think we're, we're cautiously excited on that one, aren't we? Very um, much so, yeah. In terms of yeah. that one. Um, one last player, because uh, I know plenty of Leeds fans talk about him, Kyle Bartley. Yeah. He's currently on holiday as well, but he's, the, he's on holiday with Luke Ayling and family. Mm. So um, there's a very interesting Instagram post from uh, Luke Ayling's partner. Um, they quite who, enjoy playing the social media game. They, they do, they? yeah. They, they think, do know it gets tongues wagging. Yeah, so it had the hashtag working on it, hashtag <laughs> LUFC. So... Um, <laughs> So Agent Ailing and, and family are certainly uh, having a word in his ear. Um, but by all accounts, Bartley does want to come. Yes. Um, yeah. It's just, again, there's all these factors in play. It's mainly to do with Swansea here. It hasn't, hasn't really moved on from, from last time we spoke to you last week. They need a manager, don't they? Exactly. They're, Graham they're Potter needs to, needs to sort it. If it's going to be Graham Potter, they need to get him in-house. And, yeah. and as you would think, I mean, if you put yourself in Graham Potter's shoes, you would, you would want to go in there and you want to have a good look at every single player on that roster that you're paying the wages of before you make a decision on anyone's future. I think yeah. it would be wrong and irresponsible for Swansea to move him on before they've got a new manager in place because for all they know the manager they want to get in wants Kyle Bartley there next exactly. season so yeah. you, don't want to, you don't want to start on the wrong foot so unfortunately that's that's the trouble you've either got people that are on holiday or people that aren't in post yeah. so I mean there's just there's just nobody's in the right place at the moment to, to get things moving yeah um, talking to people on holiday um, sort of the, the other big issue that people are talking about on social media this week is, is the manager's future yes, is Paul Heckingbottom right. who is still on holiday. Um, we're recording this on Thursday. He's yep. due back at the weekend, isn't he? So um, nothing's happened this week and nothing was likely to happen this week while he's away. 
there's, there's, there's murmurings that you know he's, he's going to have a meeting with the club when he gets back, which I'm sure he will do because they want to get either the transfer plans oh, moving. moving they? Time is time is ticking. The whole the, situation needs resolving one way or another. Twitter is such an echo chamber, isn't it? Yeah. A lot of people listening to this will be on Twitter, and we'll, we'll see that the rumours and murmurings that go around that are completely unfounded. You know, just mm-hmm. completely fabricated reports of people being spotted here, people being spotted yeah. there. Heckingbottom's gone. Why aren't people? Yeah, why aren't on people, plane. Why aren't yeah. people telling us that, that Heckingbottom's gone? And mm. you know, you speak to people involved, in, and as Joe says, you know, we're recording on Thursday. Paul Heckingbottom is still employed by the football club. You know, he's gone quiet because he's on holiday. I mean, mm. the club are not heartless enough to sack him whilst he's on holiday. I mean. <laughs> Heckingbottom's position is is not so perilous that they will they would do that. You know, it's not like he's he's coming off the back of no wins in sixteen. You know, they, there's clearly enough people in the club that want Heckingbottom to carry on. So, I think it would be wise to assume there's going to be talks over the weekend, um, if not Monday, Monday or Tuesday at the latest, because uh, Heckingbottom's back on Saturday. Um, so, he, whilst it's just speculation, I think they'll just want to clear the air because I think Heckingbottom, when he went away, things things were. We're a little bit up in the air when he left. Um, there were some you know, heated discussions about transfer targets. I think they all want mm. to get to the same destination, but it's how they go about reaching it. That's it. Um, Heckenbottom, before the season finished, mentioned you know we all we all want the same thing for Leeds, but it's how we go about it where they need to read off the same page. So mm. that kind of thing needs to be resolved. It does enough because obviously Heck, Heckenbottom's coming from a, a club Barnsley where he, he more or less had to do everything, didn't he? He was final say on everything. He was yeah. uh, practically had to sweep up the changing rooms afterwards. Quite by right. accounts. Yeah, he did, um, yeah. You know, and he's come into this very rigid structure with Victor Orta over him, Angus Kinnear yeah, writing off the checks, and then Andrea Rajazana having the, um, the the final say with everything. So perhaps there's a bit from his side, a bit of frustration that before when oh, he's right, used yeah, to making yeah, something yeah. happen, he just wants to be dealt with fairly and, and yeah. clearly. And he just wants some clarity on, on on what is going on. He's clearly been told this is this is how things would work. Whilst but before he took the job, and perhaps it's not maybe mapping out the way he was told it would. Mm. Um, so quite rightly, you know, he wants some clarity. He wants some. Some questions answered. So, um, uh, whether it's good or bad news, surely there will be something that, 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 that if it's going to happen, it will be over the weekend, if not early next week. Yeah. I'd imagine that if he's going to stay, the club aren't going to come out and, and with a vote of confidence. I don't think we're at that stage. That. I think no. I think no news would mean it's business as usual. Exactly. Yeah. If we get if we get to the middle of next week, I think we can safely assume Paul Heckenbottom will be in charge. You'd have uh, to think, wouldn't you? I mean, if it stretches on into the back end of next week and they're still toing and throwing yeah. it's just damaging yeah. it's damaging to the players and to, and to the recruitment department exactly and um, you know it's, it's not the ideal way to, to go into the no, summer it's just it's, it's going it's, it's gonna to kill off the start of the season before we've even got going yeah yeah. Um, so that's all there is for news really as I say it's not really a vintage week for, for Leeds United news <laughs> with, with all that's going on I'm sure we'll have more for you next week um, but now we're going to take a look at um, this piece I wrote for the website um, basically I wanted to, wanted to have a look at the what the main storylines are going ahead of this summer um, we all know it's a big summer for Leeds. There's going to be plenty of changes. Um, last season's thirteenth place finish, you know, simply wasn't good enough for considering everything that had gone on. So, so you know, what what will you know the, the key issues be over this summer? Um, what to have a look at? You, you can find the full piece online um, at leeds-live.co.uk. Uh, but Baron, let's just um, run over a couple of uh, things I've mentioned here. Obviously, yeah. I think we've just talked about the manager's job. I think that's I've had that as number one. That's the, the most important thing to do. Um, but moving on, the changing sort of the profile of these transfer targets, I think that's vital because obviously last summer um, Rod Rosani was, was fresh in the job along with Victor Orta, and you know they didn't really have a lot of time to sort of plan the transfer window. No. Um, and you look at the sort of players that they've they brought in, very hit and miss from from last summer. But uh, I'm, I'm being generous to say, to say the least. <laughs> <though, yeah. laughs> that's with my diplomatic head yeah. on. Um, but I think 
and obviously Victor Orr, he's had a lot of um, stick for for everything that's he gone has, on transfer yeah. wise. But I think this is more the window to judge him on. He's, he's had a year in, in in there at Leeds. He's January went quite well. January went quite well. He's got his scouting departments, you know, in place now. He's mm. got his networks out there, um, and I, and I think really that we're getting a better idea of the sort of profile of the sort of player yeah. that, that, that Leeds want to go for. I, I think um, it's people who will be able to perform week in, week out in the Championship, sort of faster, stronger, more physical. Yeah, um, quite right. So, so I think, and that's been reflected in these, these early transfer rumours, I think, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely it has, yes. I mean, it's um, it's been very, very surprising, everyone that's come out. Angus Gunn um, was a big surprise, Carl Bartley less so, because, I mean, that link was, was well documented, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, we think all know about him. Everybody's well aware that if he's out of favourite Swansea, why wouldn't he want to go back to a club that, that can afford him and, and he enjoyed his time at? So... Mm. Um, and Abel Hernandez was the was the big one. I mean, I think I think anybody that had looked would have seen that he was one of the the better known players in the championship that was out of contract this summer and, and probably assumed that he'd want to either go back abroad or, or go for the Premier League. So to see that Leeds were in there and were in with a serious shout of getting him was was very very impressive. So I think you're right. I think um, yeah, Paul Heckenbottom has made it clear since he's come in that um, you know the the key words for him are you know, physicality, mentality, yeah. identity. Uh, he wants a more aggressive side. Um, I think he wants to be a counter-pressing side. He, he seems that the language he uses reminds me a lot of what Jurgen Klopp has said about Liverpool. That kind of mm. team, you know, they, the way they win the, the win the ball back quickly and they win it back aggressively and then yeah. an counter-attack. Shape with and without the ball is what so, he talks about I mean, a lot. And I know that's in vogue, and it's it's far easier said than done to, to do it as well as Klopp's done it with with the budget that he's got. But um, no, you're quite right. I think the, the profile of transfer target has certainly changed, and you know, un, until we we see. People in shirts exactly. and, and pictures in the stands at Ellen Road. It, mm. We can't really judge, but based on what we're hearing, it, the, the signs are certainly promising. But you, you're quite right. I think I think most people on the inside would would say that Victor would have. It would be harsh to, to judge Victor too harshly on last summer, based on the timeline of things. They think that January showed signs of promise, but um, but as you say, though, it's very much this summer where the writing will be on the wall and the proof mm. will be in the pudding for uh, for Victor Orta. Yeah. Another another area um, I touched upon was was the young players. I think we're going to um, as well as see like these sort of marquee signings, these mm. you know three or four big names, whatever. That I think Leeds try to bring in. We'll we'll see a lot more um, youngsters in and around the playing squad next season. Uh, whether it is sort of you know by design or accident, Heckenbottom did blood a lot at the end of last season. Yes, he did. Um, yeah. Paddy O'Connor, Tom Pierce. Perhaps they wouldn't have got the games if you know not for the for the for the injuries at the back. But you got the likes of Ryan Edmondson. Obviously, he came on as a sub the yeah. final game at QPR he, he only turned 17 a couple of weeks ago but he's 17 the, now is he he's, 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 he's he has turned 17. 17 yeah yeah and, um, he's 16 forever yeah uh, but I think he's, he's got a very real chance of being involved with the first team squad yeah, this year um, and a couple of others have as well quite right mate I think it's um, I think I think nobody could have expected the uh, the remarkable rise of Ryan Edmondson I think he came in with a lot yeah. of promise from, from lowly York City um, he came into the youth ranks he Quickly began mopping up goals in the under 18s, which you know wasn't a huge surprise. I think people would have would have hoped for that, given his physical, especially given the size of him. He's, he's a huge, huge. He's, he's a got man, a pair of he? shoulders he's, on he's him. He's a yeah. huge, huge <laughs> bloke. And he then had um, a brief uh, flir- flirtation with uh, with the under 23s. You know, he had a, he had a sub appearance at Millwall that you saw. That's right. Yeah, he started against uh, QPR under 23s at Ellen Road, which I saw. Um, I think he impressed you more than he impressed me. He looked the, very in, up for in, in that camera. Yeah. Outings. 
and then he's come in, um, and it's it's quite remarkable, really, isn't it? I think if anybody would have said there's a there's a striker outside the first team that that may have crept in to the picture before the end of the season, he probably would have said it was Sam Dolby. Yeah. But Ryan, Ryan Edmondson's come up on the outside, and um, he's come in before the end of the season, made his first team debut, and heck, he really likes him by it all does, accounts. Yeah. Everybody's very impressed with him. He carries himself very well around the club. Um, his performances are backed up. Um, his attitude and. Uh, his ego, if you like, um, I think he you know, he got that goal in Myanmar, which was one of the, the few positive stories to come he, out. Of he that looked trip. delighted, didn't he? As well, oh, it's brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> which and was great was that, to see. There was a fantastic picture as well in his in his pants with his shirt on, giving his kit out to the um, to the fans in Myanmar because his, his shirt was just too precious. Just, yeah, he didn't want to give it up. That must be up on his wall. So, so um, thought, yeah, but yeah, you're right. I think I think we may have assumed he'd go back to the 23s and have a solid season there and just you know bang in 30 or 40 goals and see how he goes, but. Um, from what we're hearing, it sounds like he's very much in with a shout of being in that twenty to twenty-five man first team squad. They're gonna, they're gonna trim a lot of fat. Yeah. Um, but the, the, like you say, the kids like Peacock, Farrell, Pierce, O'Connor, Edmondson, Shackleton—they're all going to be involved. That's it. Yeah, Shackleton's a good one to watch. Actually, he's very, very good on the ball. He was very another, small, isn't he? Very small. The opposite to Edmondson. Yeah, very small, very technical. He, he mm. was in Myanmar as well. Um, good so Sort of a bit ball. of what he could do, but. Having seen him a bit in the under 23s, he, he he's never looked overawed. So he retains possession well. He does, yeah. So I, I think it'll be, it'll be very on the fringes of the first team squad if he is. Oh, but, absolutely, yeah. You know, this yeah. this is the way to, to bring in these youngsters. I think it's much better to do it that way than just having to throw them all in. You know. Which... Yeah, but I, th- I think you're, I think you're right to manage expectations. I think I think Edmondson w- will be in and around. Yeah, the first team squad. I mean, based on on who they bring in and who they get rid of. We think he's going to be flirting with the bench every so often, yeah, if, if not regularly. And league cup games and, and then the likes. That's that's going to be exciting right. to see. I think it's going to be it's going to be thrilling because mm. you know that if he if he gets that, say he comes on with ten minutes to go in the second game of the season, scores, yeah, and then scores four in his next six, <laughs> tongues are going to start wagging. Oh, exactly. Attention's going to be on Leeds. You know, yeah. you're going to get the likes of Mark Clement. Uh, coming down from football <laughs> focus, giving a bit of EFL attention on the next big thing, you know, the next seventeen-year-old to come out of Leeds United. From what I remember, Alan Smith broke through, and he was quite young, didn't he? He did, yeah. Had a he similar um, impact. That was right, yeah. He um, came off the bench against Liverpool and, and scored scored a really, really yeah. crucial goal there. That was, uh, yeah, they were, they were crazy days. They were. That was the and that was the start of something very exciting. But uh. we'll see with Ryan. I mean, I think I think you know. We've seen a lot of lads that, that do quite well in the youth ranks because they're bigger than the rest, don't, don't they? Yeah. So if he's going up against men, it's going to be different. His size difference is going to be nullified by blokes that are going to be bigger and stronger. So we'll see. But he seems to have more about him than just size. Yeah, he does indeed. Um, OK, next one up. Um, let's look at Pontus Janssen. Obviously, um, Iriguchi's not going to the World Cup, but Pontus is. He is, yeah. He's in the, the final 23-man squad for Sweden. Mm. I think uh, in their group, it's Germany, Mexico and South Korea off the top of my head. Tough Sounds group. challenging, yeah. Um, South Korea and no mugs. Yeah, and he, he's, he's not guaranteed a starting place. But, um, no, I think he's, he's a backup, isn't he? He is a backup, but I think he's, he's at the top of the queue of the backups. You know, yeah. He captained his country, didn't he? Um, yes, yeah. in one, of the, one of the last pre-season friendlies during the last international break. But what it will do if he does get on, he'll very much be in the shot window. Mm. Uh, he's had like Southampton, West Ham after him during the season, and yeah, I think he's one of those players that perhaps Leeds fans are a bit sort of split on. I think, isn't it? Like, mm. I think if the right offer came in, if, if Leeds could get you know a, a sizable offer, I don't 
think too many Leeds fans would uh, no, I think kick up too much of a fuss. I think especially if they got Bartley. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I think um, yeah. I mean, Pontus is one of those that I was um, one of the few Leeds players that I was aware of before I arrived in Leeds to, to start covering the club, and he was somebody I knew that the Leeds fans that I knew spoke very very fondly of, and. Since I came in, he, you know, I think he's had the odd game where he's impressed me, but he's not particularly caught my eye. You know, I've not thought he's a colossus. I've not thought you know he's head and shoulders the rest mm. of the players in the championship. And in, 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 the, in the terms that he's spoken about, I've been, I've been quite surprised. So I think you're right, Joe. I think if he, if he does well for Sweden and gets the opportunity, we hope he does, mm. puts himself in the shot window. I mean, we all know that values are massively inflated on the back of a good World Cup. I mean, yeah. you could be looking at seven, seven eight figures, um, I would think. But of course, he's um, signed a five-year contract at the start of last season. Yeah, so, so from that point of view, he's, his value is very, very well protected. Let's, let's, let's say he has a good World Cup for Sweden. I wouldn't be surprised if you were looking at more than ten million pounds, mm, especially if it's a Premier League club. Yeah, and I think Leeds, with the with the amount of work that needs to be done on their squad, they'd, they'd find that very hard to turn down. Quite right, and not, like I see, like I said, Joe. I mean, I don't, I don't think he, he's not, he's not, he's not. The performances haven't made me think he's indispensable. Hmm. Um, I mean. With all the performances, yeah. not many players in that team yeah. are indispensable. Um, but you know, he, I certainly would accept a, a large offer for him, and, and hopefully they can reinvest that in some in some strong centre backs because they do, they do need to strengthen that department even with Janssen. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Even if, so Bar- if they lost Janssen, then even if Bali does got come, twice the work to do, haven't they? they well, that's Janssen. it. Yeah, they were so short at the back last season. Um, another January signing was Tyler Roberts, sort of the, the forgotten man, man of uh, of the season. He came in on transfer deadline day uh, from West Brom. Um, Arrived with an injury, was just about to make his debut, I believe, and then he cracked his shin. Mm. And the club have been very cautious with his return. I think by the time he was sort of knocking knocking on the door of, of full fitness, Leeds' season was long over, so they they, they didn't bother to risk him. No, but no point. I think the club are genuinely excited about his talent. Obviously, he's, he's only 19. He's um, he's had some really good loan spells in the football league. I think his last one was at Warsaw. Um, I think he's very he's a very sort of clever player. Mm. He's he's got a lot of good attributes he, you know he can finish he, he's, he's quick and we know that Leeds do need uh, you know more more strikers uh, Lasog is gone Kalabekuban his finishing was, was well woeful at times so there's going to be a real chance for him to, to come in and, and stake a claim I think so it, it's an old cliche isn't it you know someone comes back from injury always like a new signing you know <laughs> I think that always annoys Leeds fans um, but in, in this case I think it's justified to say that so I, I think that's certainly going to be something that's quite exciting to watch um, come, come the start of the season. You know, he, he should get this full pre-season under his belt, so he should, should be at full fitness. Um, and it's a bit, bit of a bonus there. And uh, again, it's you know he's a Victor Orta signing. Paul Heckenbottom knows all about him. Um, he yeah. had spoken to him before, but he arrived at the club before before Heckenbottom did. So um, I, I certainly think he'll get a chance under him there. Yeah, I think um, you know. I, I know next to nothing about Tyler. I've never seen him play. Um, he was at Walsall, um, uh, owned by West Brom. When you, when you look at the background, you know, you're, you wonder what they've seen in him. I mean, he's, he's never played in the Championship. He's not, he's not played regularly. He's not scored goals. Um, so I, I do wonder. They've obviously seen, some, seen something in him. They've seen a lot more of him than I have. So clearly, there's a lot of potential there. But you're quite right, Joe. I mean, if um, it, let's say they don't sign anybody. Uh, let's say no striker does come in for whatever reason, mm. they get held up. You know, there's some dodgy demands out there. 
as it stands, Tyler Roberts is first choice striker. I think he probably is. First he? game yeah. of the season. If he's had a full preseason, <laughs> he's going to be you know the number nine up he's, top. He's so going to be leading the line, isn't he? There's going to be a lot of pressure on his shoulders. But you're quite right. I mean, you forget how young he is. I mean, he's only a couple of years older than Edmonton. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah. There's a lot of potential there. He's Welsh under twenty one international. Yeah. Um, I get the impression he's probably a, a smaller, quicker type. Would you think? From what I've seen, he's, certainly. He's not yeah. Big, so. Yeah. Well, let's hope. I mean, I think you, you, you're right. You know, they were um, they were very cautious with him. Uh, didn't, they could have taken him to Myanmar, decided not to because it was entirely pointless that risk. <laughs> yeah. With the amount of travelling involved, you'd have been better served by being at home. So if he gets a full pre-season and comes in, all guns firing, we'll hopefully get a real pro- proper good look at him and we'll be able to judge him after the first six games. That's it. Yeah, and I think um, you know he's, he's certainly going to be one of the ones to watch in pre-season when they. Uh, when they, when they kick off against Forest Green, there, mm. the the last sort of off-season storyline I want to, I want to um, touch on briefly here. Um, we mentioned it earlier, Aston Villa's uh, sort of austerity measures that they're going to have to go into now. Uh, the chairman and the manager both um, realizing they've got to count the cost of sort of their failed yeah. gamble to get into the Premier League uh, when they lost to Fulham in the playoff final. Um, it seems that they're, they're one of several teams out that's going to have to slash the yeah. budgets this year. Um, Derby, uh, Mel Morris there has come out and he said that they're going to uh, not have as much money to play with, which would be interesting for certain Frank Lampard who's taken over there today. <laughs> so yeah, welcome to the Championship, Frank. Yeah. Um, Norwich, their pay- parachute payments are, are, are drying up now. Um, Sheffield Wednesday obviously invested on a lot of players, you know, Jordan Rhodes transfer, things like that. QPR as well, another team who's going to yeah. be under the cosh. There's a lot of teams who really are going to have to cut back this year. They're going to have to. They're not going to be able to bring in big players. They're going to have to rely on youth. They're going to have to slash their wage budgets, which just gets thinking: Is this a good year in terms of Leeds yeah. going for promotion? It feels like there's a sea change, doesn't there? Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I read the piece you ran uh, last week regards FFP and how it's going to affect Leeds, and you're quite right. It's quite, it's quite surprising the amount of people that are coming out and being quite honest and trying to manage expectations early on in this transfer window and saying, look. We've had a few good years of really having a go at it. You know, we've been paying out eight-figure transfer fees, and it hasn't happened yet. And unfortunately, in order to avoid penalties and fines, mm. we're going to have to tighten our belts. Mm. Um, like I say, Villa and Derby are the most vocal. I'm pretty sure I heard Tom Kearney talking to uh, talking to the radio after the, the playoff final and said the players there knew this was probably their last chance. Yeah. They knew that if they didn't get up this time, yeah. there were going to be mass sales. They weren't going to be able to put the money into it that they had done before, and they felt that team would have been broken up. Mm. Sessegnon's a, a given. Kearney himself probably would have gone this summer if they hadn't got up. Yeah, I think so. I think part, part of he explained it because their reactions were so delirious was because the players knew that was their last chance to be together as a team and to see play for Fulham in the Prem. So I think you're quite right. I think there's going to be a big change this summer. I think that the team's coming down. It's probably the best year they could have come down because they're still going to have some serious finances to play with this summer and I think yeah. the likes of Stoke and West Brom are going to blow anybody out of the water I say, and they've all just banked 100 million from yeah, last season's and I think, prize I think money f- plus the parachute payment of 40 odd from what we've heard Leeds are quite cautious about these transfer targets and nobody likes speculation if you're a football mm. club but I think they're quite cautious that the likes of Kyle Bartley are going to attract the interests of bigger fish if you like if somebody like Stoke or West Brom wants Bartley they're going to easily out-offer what Leeds are offering. So I think a lot of teams in the Championship are going to find it's not going to be a level playing field once again. No. Thankfully, Wolves have gone up. So yeah, the, 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 the George Mendes factor isn't there anymore. So, um, no, I think it's interesting, Joe. I think well, I mean, whilst we've got this, this, this combination of Radrazani not throwing caution to them, but maybe nudging caution to the wind. <laughs> I like that, yeah. And, um, and these other teams sort of reining in a little bit. You know, look, you looked at Derby's team last year, Nugent, Huddleston, mm. Curtis yeah. Davis... 
these were players that were on 30, 40, 50 grand a week. Leeds were anywhere near that. So if they're sort of reining in and, and Radrazani's spending a bit more on these, these five key signings that we think they're after, then it, you never know. I mean, we're, 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 we try to be optimistic, don't we? We do. Um, we'll, we'll know more by the end of October and November. But, but for now, you're certainly right. The, the point should be made that it's going to be interesting how this, this summer transfer window unfolds with, with the Championship's clubs. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so if you want to read the full piece on that, is, uh, I've, I've gone through 10 storylines, which I think are going to be sort of uh, things to keep an eye on with Leeds this season. Then you can find that on uh, leeds-live.co.uk. We'll, we'll tweet that again for you. Um, one last thing, just to uh, look really sort of at what's coming up over the next week. Um, people are going to come back from holiday for a start, so we should have more news for you. Um, we've also got England at Ellen Road, uh, which we'll both be going to. Very which excited. Is quite about exciting that. there, Very isn't it? Excited, um, yeah. Sadly, not too much Leeds United involvement there. <laughs> Fabian Delft's going to be playing, or well, we <laughs> hope playing. He's in, he's in the squad. No Lewis Cook, unfortunately. Um, but obviously, um, so we'll be reporting on that. Um, Heckenbottom will be back from his holiday, and whatever happens, happens there. And there should, should be a bit more transfer news for you. So, um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see you again next week. Um, but in the meantime, thanks for listening again. And thanks to everyone who um, sent us your feedback after the first uh, episode of Leeds, Leeds, Leeds. Uh, we greatly appreciate everything that you, uh, you let us know. Let us know what you, um, you like about it, what you don't like about it. Um, you can get us on Twitter, where we're at Live Leeds United. Um, you can get Baron at Baron Cross. I'm at Joe Mewis. Nice and easy for people. Exactly. Yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And um, we'll be back next week. Thank you very much.